I'm John Galbo, co-host of Adventure Club Podcast, one of the flagship shows of ACPN. Each week, we're joined by guests from all walks of life, from celebrities to comedians to web geeks of all trades and beyond. Each episode is jam-packed with popular culture goodness sprinkled with some old-fashioned comedy and all-around geekdom. Come join us and share in all the adventures. All right, I said it. Give me my 20 bucks. Adventure Club Podcasts, new episodes only on ACPN. Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and movies and TV shows of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Definitely or not today. Or not. Yeah, which is, you know, far too often the case, and that is, you're right, that is the case with today. Today is going to be the second in our series of spooky Halloween cartoons. Or not. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are going to be looking at the cartoon Monster Force. Monster Force. You are not alone. You are not alone. Monster Force was an animated series uh, created back in 1994, and it aired in fall of that year and only had a 13 episode run. It the the show the show kind of I mean okay so it takes place in the year 2020 and ostensibly it follows a group of monster hunters who are tasked with dealing with the the monsters of the world and pretty much everyone that they run into are the classic universal monster group. You know, you got your Draculas and your Wolfmans and your mummies and your creatures from the black lagoon and your Frankensteins and your brides of Frankensteins. And, uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) so, okay. Monster squad is, It's one of those shows that was essentially built for toyeticism, Mm -hmm. like right off the bat. So we're we're not like no mints and words. This show was created to sell toys and it was shown alongside Exo Squad, which is another toyetic show made by the same cartoon studio, Universal Cartoon Studios. And Exo Squad was far more popular it's much easier to get a hold of the the show itself to even watch. Yeah, that's the thing about this show. So this show, like we like I said, only had 13 episodes, but the first volume of the DVD of this show has the, been the only one that's ever been released. It's episodes 1 through 7. So there are 6 more episodes that have not been released. Now, with that said, today we're only watching 2 episodes, and that is because <laughs> that's all we could find. That's all we could find. Every streaming website that is out there 
every DVD box set, whatever. I wasn't honestly going to pay money to order a DVD yeah. for us to do this show. I mean, maybe if it was a complete DVD, if it was a That's complete series. That's the thing, is it's not a complete series. It's not, yeah. They put out volume one and then never put out volume two. There's so no- if you want to watch any episodes besides... The two episodes that we watched today, which is episode eight and nine, right directly in the middle of the series, then you have two options. One, you can order volume one from Amazon for like nine bucks. Or two, you can learn Russian and and, and watch the Russian dubs that are on YouTube. That is correct. Why there are Russian dubs of all 13 episodes on YouTube, but none in English, I do not know. And also mostly the, the Russian dubs are pretty poorly done yeah but there's a lot of them so apparently this show was really popular in russia yeah if you actually if you go on imdb it lists the russian name of the show like as an also known as so this this show must have been popular in russia yeah i guess it must have been uh yeah so the story supposedly takes place in the year 2020 Mm -hmm. uh with some pretty fantastical tech that is just definitely not going to happen yeah the the show the 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 style of the show and we were talking about this as we were watching it the style of the show absolutely reminds me of exo squad but it also reminds me kind of of shows from the same era it reminded me of the x-men animated series it reminded me of the captain planet captain planet a little bit it reminded me of the spider-man uh series from the 90s yeah, it, it it just had that sort the of character des- uh, the character design. The character design, yeah, Wildcats, absolutely. Wildcats. Um, and then what is the other one that I was thinking of? The characters all reminded me too of uh, of Sandman from the comics, not the not the Neil Gaiman comics. No, no, like I know. Uh, yeah, the, the San Sandy, the Golden Sand, the, the the one where he was wearing like the mask, like the gas mask. And sort he of the reminds me actually of. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, a little bit. It's that same... It's that same Peter Quill mask, yeah. yeah. Star-Lord mask. So it was created by Universal Stu- uh, Cartoon Studios. They produced the Back to the Future series, which we've covered before, and we don't necessarily go- recommend going back and watching. Yeah. Exo Squad, Earthworm Jim, which I watched not that long ago and is actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, Savage Dragon and that, about a dozen a, Savage, other animated series. Savage Dragon is another one that... It's a, it's in the sort of the same animation style. Yeah, yeah. Lacewood Productions also helped with this and they did animation for Ren and Stimpy the holiday related special the Nutcracker Prince from 1990 which we may or may not be doing at some point in the future and uh, the writers the the pilot oddly enough which we couldn't get a hold of (laughs) uh, was written by Craig Miller and I wanted to mention him even though he only wrote the pilot because this guy has worked on like Empire Strikes Back and the Dark Crystal uh, granted in Miscellaneous Crew but he he was a, a writer for Beast Wars and he was a writer for the Curious George animated series and Phantom 2040 and Mighty Mask, uh, Mighty Max and the real Ghostbusters and Bionic 6. So it's not like and a bunch of other stuff, but I'm just I'm not going to go into all of it. Yeah. But 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 the other the other writer, the other guy is <laughs> a guy. You're never going to believe this. I know is Marv Wolfman, who's the famed Marvel Comics writer, longtime runner uh, writer for the Tomb of Dracula. And, and he also is the guy who co-created Blade and uh, the New Teen Titans and did the Crisis on Infinite Earth series. I mean, as a comic writer, he's huge. Yeah. But he, he's he also, also wrote, known for doing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he wrote, uh, he wrote for uh, Luke Cage on Netflix, Sherlock Holmes in the 20, uh, 22nd century. I'm making a, an early request that we do that at some point. Is that an animated one? Yes. 
Is it like James Bond Jr. type of... So uh, It's sort of the animation style of this and James Bond Jr. Okay. But he, like, it's frozen and ends up in the future. Mm. And so it's like man at a time. And they did... Uh, Marv Wolfman worked on the 90s Spider-Man animated series Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. And even wrote an episode, uh, The Hot Seat, from the RoboCop animated series that yeah. we covered. If you didn't listen to that episode, uh, it's the one where the the gang of vandals steal RoboCop's chair. Yeah, I believe that was Joseph's, uh, Joseph's choice. <laughs> yeah. So the producers on this, uh, we have Kathy Castillo. She was the producer on Earthworm Jim and the Problem Child animated series, which, God, why would you make an animated series from Problem Child? But she's mostly known for being an animator and character designer. Yeah, she's done a bunch of stuff, but I didn't even want to bother putting it all in because it's too long. Gerald Tripp is a editor and producer and worked on The Raccoons and The Nutcracker Prince. Again, we're getting a, apparently, the universe is telling us something we need to watch. So uh, the composer for this show uh, is Edmund Egan. And he's worked on a bunch of stuff, but I think the probably the most memorable thing that he's written for is Flash. Whoa! Yeah, but he didn't do it for the uh, Flash Gordon actual movie. He did it for the Damn Flash it. Gordon animated series, which uh, I did not know there was an animated series for yeah, until I, I built the notes for this. I didn't either. Uh, he also did a show. He also did the music for a show called Hose Hounds, which. I watched, before we started recording, I watched a, yeah, we watched the, the intro short to intro. it. It's and weird. Yeah, it was garbage. It was absolute garbage. Well, it, it looked like garbage. It, it could have been more garbage. Yeah, it could have been. All right, so we got a cast of characters for this show. Who was in this dumpster, par- dumpster fire, Sean? <laughs> was sort of a dumpster fire. Uh, now, this show follows the, the, the sort of five-man team, six-man team trope. You know, it's a, it's a team of, of adventurers, a team of... I don't know what they are they're like paranormal cops sort of thing and uh the first on the team is dr reed crowley aka doc he is the leader of the team and he is the the oldest the most experienced and the one that he's the most experienced yeah <laughs> he's got this uh he's got this claw scar over his eye that apparently it flashes and alerts him whenever dracula is near so it's it's sort of his dracula spider sense and only works for dracula so there's there's that i guess that he's got going for him (laughs) yeah it doesn't work for the other like vampires just dracula yeah and uh he is voiced by lawrence bain who was cable from the 90s x-men show he was in highlander the series did you ever watch highlander the animated series i did not no okay um he was also raised there's highlander the series yeah the, the live action series. Oh, that's And then what there's it was. Highlander the Animated Series. And I think he was in Highlander the Animated Series. Oh, okay. I'm not, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I watched both. Okay. So. so he was also Raven from uh, Gargoyles. Which is a great show. Yeah. Then we have Luke Talbot, who is the Wolfman. Uh, he's one of the good guys. He's voiced by Paul Haddad. Now, the Wolfman is, he's sort of a dichotomy in the show. He is the smart, sort of tech-savvy guy when he is Luke. But then he's also a strong man when he becomes, he can control his transformation, I guess most of the time. He can control his transformation into his Wolfman form. And when he's in that form, he becomes like a big, hulking, strong man. So yeah. he, he's both the smart guy and the strong guy. Yeah. And and he is voiced by a guy named Paul Haddad, who is actually Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 2. So the the classic Resident Evil games, the, the second one, when Leon was introduced, he was originally voiced by a guy named 
uh, Paul Haddad. Uh, although I think the voice actor has changed since then. Uh, he was also in the show Metabots. And he was Quicksilver from the X-Men and Uncle Arthur and Babar. Yeah. Oh, Babar. Babar. Then we have uh, Trip Hansen, a.k.a. the martial artist. Um, Trip was the, uh, he is, he's the big, he's the actual strong guy for the team, at least in terms of the human people, the fully human people. He is, uh, he's the, the, the kind of, they, they try to make him seem like he's like dumber, but, but there's quite a few times when he actually is the one doing something smart. Yeah. And his, they all have, so I should probably explain something. They all have these suits that they can hit a button and their suit surrounds them. It, it's it's like an exo suit that, that goes around them. Like an exo like, squad. Yeah, like an exo squad. <laughs> it, and uh, his suit has... So Reed, Dr. or Doc, his suit forms around him sort of like Star-Lord's suit. He wears a trench uh, coat and he's got... Sort of. He, he's got these, But it like, covers gun. the whole body though. Yeah. And he has a gun. Luke hits his button and he turns into the Wolfman. When Trip hits his button, he gets covered in this yellow, this yellow exosuit that allows him to, like, it increases his strength. He can shoot lasers out of his uh, fingers. He can extend his arms, and basically, it lends itself to up close fighting, actually, like hand to hand stuff. He's voiced by Philip Aiken, who was Bishop from the '90s X-Men cartoon. He was Charlie DeSalvo from Highlander the series. That is live action for sure. The live I know, action. One. I know Charlie. And he was also Bayou Jack in the animated Swamp Thing uh, cartoon. Oh man, that's just a train wreck of a show. I yeah. can't wait for us to cover that one. Yeah. Then we have Lance Lance Magruder, aka the Powerhouse Marksman. He is uh, he is a specialist in using the heavy ar- heavy artillery. He also has the stupidest hair in the show. Oh, it's so aggravating! It's this kind of weird flippy hair that floats in midair. Flippy blonde hair. It was that sort of. Um, I'd say in the mid-90s, there was this penchant for making characters with sort of exaggerated hair for no reason. That was around the same time that everybody's color palettes were all these sort of like bright uh, cartoons as well. Like the, the characters' palettes were all these sort of bright, overly offensive colors. And he is no different. His blue is an aggravating blue. I, I just can't stand looking at him, honestly. I, I he drives me nuts. You know, and what? I know I'm I'm nitpicking over something stupid, but you know what's funny is I was trying to think of what their hair reminded me of, and I just remembered it because there's another character. So the the way that the guy's hair is is it's it's this blonde floofy hair that covers one of his eyes, and there is another character in the show. I'm gonna skip one. Oh, well, just so, just for completion, he's voiced by David uh, Hewlett, who is Do- Dr. Rodney McKay in Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. So, I'm not skipping one. Shelly Frank is the next character, and she is a psychic. She's voiced by Carolyn, uh, or Carolee Larson, who is Tron Bond from the Mega Man games. She's the one that has all the little Lego Man Yeah, servants. she's done some other, other stuff, but... So, she in the series is a psychic, and that is sort of a trope that a lot of these shows did where they would give the female member of the team a psychic power, just like in Adventures of Galaxy Rangers. It was a psychic. What was the one that we were just talking about uh, earlier where it was like, oh, big surprise, the female character, it was psychic. I can't can't remember. But (laughs) she has hair. So she's supposed to be a descendant of the original Dr. Frankenstein. It was her great-grandfather. So she's Shelley Frank. 
which really is Shelley Frankenstein, probably. Uh, she Her character's named after Mary Shelley, spelled the same way. But she has the same hair as Lance, and I remembered who it reminded me of. Do you remember this character from Captain Planet, Dr. Yeah. Blight? Oh, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Blight had the same thing. Her hair served a purpose, though, because she had this horrible scar underneath her, underneath her uh, hair. But it was that trope of having a character with hair go across her eye. And I think in one episode of the show that we watched... Uh, somebody had held up what was essentially like a, a like a binocular, a monocle, monocular to their to their hair covered eye to look at something. Oh, you know what? I, I was just remembering. There's another show. It was Tenko and the Guardians of the Magic. Let the magic begin. That had like they they just they're like we're gonna make the strong man a black person and we're gonna make the psychic a woman and it's yeah and it's, it's so tropey it's bad. I hope we get to cover that at some point, too, because it looks real awful. Maybe. And then rounding out the team of the Monster Force is... Actually a monster. Yeah, it's actually a monster. It's Frankenstein. Well, technically, we have another monster in the Wolfman. But uh, but this is uh, Frankenstein, actual Frankenstein, who is voiced by Howard Jerome. Uh, he was Abe in Lucky Number Slevin. He was... Or Slevin, sorry. He was Griffin in Devil May Cry. He was the voice of Falcor the Luck Dragon in the NeverEnding Story animated series. Which we mentioned, uh, you know, a while back when we... Just briefly. Yeah. And um, he was also Bruiser from the animated show uh, Dog City from 92. I think that was on Fox. Yeah. Sounds like a Fox show. Uh, Then we had the Creatures of the Night. Collectively known as the Creatures of the Night. Even though they never actually get together except for in the last episode to do anything. This show is literally a Monster of the Week type show. Much like X-Files was in the very first two seasons. Where there was a new monster literally every episode. That's what this show does. Is There's a monster that they fight in each episode. So the next character, uh, the next monster is Dracula. And Dracula in the show is sort of like polite and charming and and sort of noble. And he has like metamorphosis powers and hypnotic powers and illusion and spells and all kinds of stuff. And he's voiced by Robert Boxdale. And Robert Boxdale is, um, he's a voice actor and he's done a bunch of stuff. But I'm just going to mention quickly, he did Silver Surfer, the animated series. Sailor, he did some voice work for Sailor Moon. X-Men, and then live-action-wise, I think it was in the famous Jet Jackson. The The next character is the creature from the Black Lagoon, which is um, is one of those creatures that I feel like not there's just not enough that's... There's like two movies. There's like two movies. It's a character that actually I feel like is underutilized because he's kind of freaky-looking, he's kind of scary, and there's there's like a lot that they could do with him, and they never really do... And there is no voice credit for him. I can't find it anywhere. The, yeah, the difficult thing about this show is that the voice acting in it is mostly listed. At, nobody's, not a lot of people are listed as who they played. It'll just be like took, yeah. voices provided by, and it'll give you a list of like names. And, and so when you look up, when you're trying to look up who these people are, it'll just list additional voices as their credit rather than giving like, oh, this guy played the creature from the Black Lagoon or this guy played Dracula. Exactly. So the creature of the Black Lagoon is like an uncredited monster. Well, because it doesn't really have a voice. It's mostly just hissing. And- yeah. So who knows? <laughs> then then the other the other person that is uncredited is actually the bride, which is a female uh, Dr. Frankenstein monster. And she's not really evil. She just wants to be left alone by everyone, including uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, which we'll kind of get into soon. She's not—I wouldn't say that she's a villain at all, but she was kind of the. She's she's anti-hero, secondary sort of antagonist. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, let's put it that way. Yeah, we also have Imhotep, the mummy, who is also played by Robert uh, Boxdale. So then we have Niles Lupin, who is known as Bella the Werewolf, who is played by Rob Cohen. And he, like, the the name Niles Lupin, Lupin obviously means wolf. Yeah, Bella to Bella Lugosi with the Dracula. Yeah, so they're just, they're thrown in references left and right. He was additional voices in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And he was Colonel Dash from 87's Starcom. Which uh, Sean doesn't remember at all. Not at all. But I had the toys for him as a kid. They had, they were tiny characters, maybe about an inch tall. They had magnets on their feet, but. And then he was Tricero from Dino Saucers. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. Sorry. So like Uh, we said in the beginning, this show is a highly toyetic show. It was designed designed to sell toys in all likelihood they had the toys first and then they designed the show to promote the toys yeah i so doing some of the research for the show i i went to see like roughly the the prices for the the toys on amazon and so you can find uh, toys for all of them i believe that the the most expensive toy that they made was for lance Lance Magruder's toy was the most expensive, and I think that was like fifty dollars oh on Amazon. But you can find most of the other ones anywhere in the eight to fifteen dollar range. Like they're still cheap because this was like a complete unknown. They made toys and then nobody wanted them and nobody cared. It's because nobody wanted the show. And and really, when you look at the show, there there are so just how detailed like the the vehicles are and how detailed their outfits are you know somebody was just you don't put that much detail into a show unless you are planning on making them into action figures it's and the action figures are cool looking i mean they they did a good job they don't look awful they they definitely couldn't have been worse yeah but but the the there's seven that they made in total so they made dracula they made the creature of the black lagoon they made luke talbot the wolfman and Frankenstein, and Doc, and Lance Magruder, and Trip. And so the girl didn't get a toy, and then the other monsters didn't get toys either. Aww. And the the toys were made by Playmates, which is the same company that was made famous by the Ninja Turtles a few years before. Um, and like I said, if you want to purchase them, go for it. You can go to Amazon. They're not that hard to find. So there, yeah. I don't believe, was a video game, but there should have been. There should have been. I, I feel like... This is a, and and we can probably get into this now. Is is they Universal? I have to think that Universal had way more planned for this. They s- did. this property than what happened. This thirteen episodes. I mean, you can just tell by the fact that they never released the second DVD of of episodes. It's you only have volume one. You can't even watch all of it yeah. if you wanted to. There is, by the way, th- just to mention, there is a video game called Monster Force, but it is not about this show at all. Yeah. So so don't don't say like oh there's a video game because there's not but it, yeah. there is but it's something else. Now let's let's take a minute and talk about wasted potential. <laughs> this show is chock full of it. The animation, just to start off, the animation is good in parts, but it's also awful in parts. So. <laughs> I'd see, I watched this already before I came over for us to record, and Sean hadn't watched it yet, so uh, Sean's like, hey, I'm going to watch these episodes. I said, sure, and so we're watching, and Sean notices something that I didn't notice at all, there was, but you can't unsee it once you do. There was a scene in the third, or not third, the, the eighth, a, episode, episode eight, eight, where a vehicle, the ship, 
travels behind their 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 it's moving from their transport ship. It's traveling stage behind right a, to stage left yeah, from your left to the right. Yeah, it's traveling behind a mountain, and it literally blips out of existence right before it gets to the mountain, and then blips back into existence when it passes After. it. Yeah. There's no, there's no point where it just careens behind. Yeah, and they should have just had it fly in front of it. Yeah, and later on in that episode, Lance is in a sling because he hurts his arm, and he constantly goes back and forth. They, they reused, they sloppily and lazily reused animation, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. People reuse animation all the time. That's how Disney saves a ton of money by by you know the the animation that. But Disney he goes did. from being in a sling to not. So why did they? Eat? But the point though is it's it's recycled animation that was wrongly animated to start. Well, yeah, they started they started they took animation cells of him in a different context and didn't change them, and that's why I was saying. That Disney did that in... I liked when we were watching it, though, and you're like, he just... The the sling just disappeared, and I go, I know. And you're like, but it... And I was like, it's going to happen over and over again. And you're like, what? It's like, yeah, the whole show, the sling will just disappear and reappear for no reason. Yeah, so, like, what Disney did in, let's say, in Robin Hood, in the animated Robin Hood, they reused... They reused animation from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the dancing scene bit, yeah. in the in the uh, in the forest. Then in Beauty and the Beast, they reused animation sequences from Cinderella to do the dancing scene at the end. And that stuff works because you just take the base animation and you overlay something else over it. What they were doing is they were taking the animation from another section and then they were putting it into the into a different section even though it had no context. Yeah, the guy was wearing the same outfit, but in some scenes he had a sling on his arm and so he would go into the sling, out of the sling, into the sling, out of the sling. There was one where it went back and forth probably three times in a matter of under a minute. Yeah. And sometimes it was just like a flash. Like, oh, he's in a sling for a half second, then he's not. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And and the th- the thing, too, is their vehicles are... They're kind of cool looking, but they're also kind of gorky looking. Yeah, they're, uh, they're like flying motorcycles with bat wings. Yeah, but they're not like... They're not well animated. And the designs just look like there's no way that these dumb things could fly. So I spent half the time going, this thing just must have magic levitation powers. Or something. And the way that they move through the space feels disjointed. I mean, they really... they If they had done a better job with the way that the characters were animated and moved through their environment, the plot themselves is fine. Mm-hmm. The plots were fine. In fact, I would say that, that the writing for this show is pretty good. Yeah, the writing isn't half bad. The animation and we've is seen worse. They got more episodes. 100% worse. But it's the animation I feel like that kills it. It feels like you said it just feels so disjointed and, and feels, lazy. Yeah, and and just turkey jerky. I yeah, I would I would have loved there's entire plot points that just they they bring up and then they just never address again. They like lead you down a path to show different things, and then all of a sudden they just like say, "Oh well, this is a wash. Oh, forget it. We won't t- talk about this anymore." Yeah, there. I see so much potential in the idea of having. I mean, it's the same reason why shows like X-Files and shows like Supernatural, which you marathoned and got through all of. I got through 12 seasons of Supernatural like, in about what, three, six months. Six months. So yeah. it's it's the same reasons why shows like that, Twin Peaks, why they're so popular because you have, well, part of the reason, it's not all of this, but part of the reason is you have this supernatural element that like a lot of people are interested in, these monsters. They could have gone... In the episode, one of the episodes we watched, they were talking about poltergeists. 
And they had so much more potential to expand beyond the beyond the wheelhouse of the universal monsters that they could have talked about super just any kind of supernatural stuff. Ghosts. They could have talked about demons. They could have talked about like So there's yetis, a lot of options they could have had Wendigos. that they never got around to doing, mostly because uh the rest of the show was not poorly it just wasn't it wasn't done well enough for people to be interested. And I think also part of it is is the music does not mm. d- do a good job of getting people excited. In fact, I felt like the the musical intro that that plays mm-hmm. like during the the little montage for the intro is so boring. It kind of made me want to go to sleep. <laughs> like it's like it just why why bother at all? Like why not just just flash the the title and then just go right into the show? Yeah. You know, if you're gonna have a boring ass intro, then because that that's the thing with these kids shows, you have to have an exciting intro to kind of hook kids. You need a you need a song with a lyric that's that's catchy and repeatable. You need the mu- the show if it's gonna be bright and colorful, then it needs to be sort of well animated. Yeah, and this show, tr- you know? this show, at least with their outfits, it was trying to be bright and colorful. Like, one guy had a fully yellow, his exosuit was yellow. Well, I mean, the colors were bright and colorful, but then it's not well animated. Yeah. So, it, it's like choppy. It, like, you you made a mention at one point, you said it, it feels like they literally just pulled there, out the film strip and cut out. There are typically 24 frames of animation in a second of film. So it seemed like to me in one scene that they had only used maybe 15 frames of animation to get a one second worth of, because it was a ship that was taking off. And as it was lifting, it was just like jerking. It was just going boop, 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 boop as it was, as it was raising. So yeah, I thought maybe they had skimped and only done 15, 12 to 15 frames for that 24. It's an ass, screw it. Nobody will care. Yeah, and what, what's what's aggravating is this was produced by Universal, which is not an insignificant motion picture film house. You no, ha- it's, I mean they're huge, and and they, they it's one of the biggest ones. Well, and like, and I named off a bunch of other shows that they did, but they've done a ton of other animation work. Yeah, that's not just the stuff that I named. I mean, I I was looking at it, I was like, well, you know, the the list is so long. I'm just not going to bother. Like, they did all of the uh, the Land Before Time sequels. Granted, that's not necessarily something to be proud of. Not something to brag about. Um, and they, they did do Alvin and the Chipmunks meets Frankenstein and the American Tale sequels that were after the second one. So, you know, and Balto too. But, I mean, they did all kinds of other stuff. And they, they could have... There, there's a lot of opportunity that I feel like was missed because these are successful characters and franchises that were just squandered. You know what I think might have happened? And I just I just thought of this, and I don't know if it's the case, but I, I feel like it could be. What if every so often, if uh, when a company, when a when a production house owns the rights to something, like Universal does to these monsters, when they own the right to something, they have to use them every so often, or they lose the copyright on them. So you think maybe this was just done in order... Like, let's spend... Let's spend $5 million, produce 13 episodes of a cartoon just to say we used these monsters and put as little effort into it as possible, and then we'll own them for another, whatever it is, 50 years. Because when's the last time they made a a Frankenstein movie? When Universal made, like, Frankenstein. It was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. was done not, not 
Just well, maybe it was the other ones. I mean, they've done a ton of Dracula movies, but when, they haven't done a... Creature a, of the Black Lagoon? They haven't done a Creature of the Black Lagoon. They haven't done really a Wolfman movie in a long there's time. there's been a few. Has there? Oh, well, yeah. I guess they use... Maybe I'm not... Maybe they're too generic because, like, you have Wolfman, but then you've got, like, in Twilight, you had the werewolf guys. And well, and there's also The Mummy, right? Yeah. So The Mummy uh, live action, sure, but... It, and it, that, that Mummy live action, the, the character was Imhotep. Right, I mean... And that was the character in this. So I don't even know, like, that's what... It's a part that's so frustrating because it's such a cool idea. It's such an awesome concept that, I mean, and, and, like, I can just close my eyes and picture what the video game would have been like. It could have been, like, a side-scroller beat-em-up. It could have been a platformer where uh, you can change characters at different levels. You know what? You know what I think would be a great... Did you ever play the the Aliens vs. Predator side-scrolling beat-em-up game? Oh yeah. yeah! I bet you if they did it like that, it would be perfect. Because then you could switch between the 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 two monster guys. You could have two monster guys because in that game there was two predators and two marines. And then you could have you could have the you could have the Wolfman and you could others. have Frank. And then you could have two of the human characters. Probably not the girl because the girl never gets covered. Sadly. Yeah, and that's kind of how they did it in that game. They had a big bruiser type marine, and then they had a smaller marine, and then they had a big bruiser type. Uh, predator and then a smaller predator like a more nimble predator yeah they totally could have done it that way universal hire me i'll i'll help write your video games yes <laughs> well yeah so maybe let's talk about the show really quickly because um there's not a whole lot really to talk about yeah they, i mean they're essentially a swat team when it comes to monsters they get called in when a supernatural event by just random. happens yeah, I mean, let's not maybe get too deep into the story, but I did want to mention, because, you know, as we talked about Wasted Potential and mentioning stuff and then not going anywhere with it, mm-hmm. the the episode eight was was basically, it was about, is a monastery with these guys that have committed themselves to hunting werewolves, but you don't know that until later. Yeah. And they, uh, two of our guys mistakenly, they get saved by them out in the... In the, the, the frosty tundra of Tibet. Yeah. And they get saved by them. And then they hear somebody screaming in, in what they think is a dungeon. But it's it's really like a prison. Because the person that's screaming is the wolfman who is evil. The and real wolfman. The real wolfman. The original wolfman. And they don't know that. And they think that these guys are some like creepy cult. And turns out that they're committed to like saving the world from werewolves. Yeah. It's one but of those... at the same time, the other team is trying to figure out where their team went. And they have this encounter with like a yeti that shows up that is is a ghost yeti, but then can pick people. It's like corporeal only when it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And then they end up in the mountains looking for their friends, and they encounter some some sort of it's like a dragon, a dragon that, that blows breathes. fire and disappears. And they talk about poltergeists and and some long lost something that were there to protect the village. But that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah, like they mentioned that, and then it's gone. It was literally filler because you had one story going on in one place, and you had them just literally filling time until they had to go rescue them, which they didn't actually. They did end up doing at the very end, the last two minutes of the episode. And these are twenty-two minute long episodes, full episodes, no like eleven minute half episode, then another eleven minute. No, no, half it's episode. all the way through. Yeah, and. and <laughs> It just we're it a little seems... we're a little hampered because we didn't see the rest of them because they are hard to find or impossible to find unless we want to watch it dubbed over in Russian. Why would you do that? Russians like the show. No, but like there's there's two versions. There's one that's like because I found it. There's two versions of of the Russian dubs. There's one that's an actual Russian dub 
that like went to market. And then there's another one where you can hear the guy speaking English in the background, but then the guy's talking over it in Russian and it's all delayed and awful. Like mm-hmm. why, why would you bother doing that? It, whatever. It's frustrating. So let's just talk I, about the I, next I, one. No, I, I will say though, uh, I just thought of a funny part in this in this last episode that okay. you find out in this episode when they're held captive that th- so they activate their exo frame suits by pressing a button on their belt. And if anyone else presses that button, their suit goes away, which is what happens to, to trip to trip when he gets captured. The guy whacks him in the belt buckle with his staff and his suit goes away and he can't just really quickly hit it again and have it come back. seems like a silly concept. Anyway, we'll move on to the next episode. It's called the rage of Frankenstein's bride. This yeah. one, this one is, it's got the, the trope of humanity's actually the, the monster. Yeah. Right? So in this episode, you're, we're introduced to the bride of Frankenstein. Well, they actually take a cue from the original bride of Frankenstein movie where they, they do a flashback and they're talking about, the, the bride and how when the bride came to life, she saw Frankenstein and freaked the fuck out and ran away. Yeah. And that's what actually happened in the movie. And so that's what happened in this episode in the flashback. And turns out that the bride is being held captive in what you would believe to be this massive military inst- like installation. They show it and it's like this big base. There's tanks. There's helicopters with missiles. There's dudes with automatic laser weapon fire. And then... And then you find out it's a research facility for plant biology. Yeah, it's some agricultural research facility. And the bride is being held captive against her will. And she is essentially being used to determine how to create immortality, an immortal an immortal army of, of monsters. Slaves. Because this plant doctor discovered that she is 300 years old and can't die yeah so he like dissected her while she was still alive which you know it would explain why she doesn't want to be around people yeah but the thing about it the thing about that that i thought was really silly is this this plant doctor he's essentially a genetic botanist he all of a sudden has delusions of grandeur and wants to take over the world well, well, he says, well, Frankenstein can experiment on monsters. Why can't, or make, create this character and experiment with them, on them. Why can't I? But he, he. Which is like the weirdest rationale ever. But besides that rationale, his, his rationale b- behind doing it is he will have an army of monsters that are loyal to him and at his command. And he wants to essentially take over the world. But why? He's a freaking botanist. Well, maybe he deep down inside he has delusions of grandeur. Maybe he's like maybe he's like a, a poison ivy. He wants to. All these people have been have destroying been, my plants, destroying my they, babies. You know, maybe my babies. But yeah, and the team shows up, and it turns into a it turns into a, a battle between Frank, who is their friend, and the bride, because Frank is loyal to the bride, but he's also loyal to his monster force friends, and it's there's a lot of like kind of pointless filler where frank and the bride go back and forth and they have conversations that don't really lead anywhere that just humans are evil not all humans you sound just like them it's like why i don't care yeah, yeah i mean i get that that like okay maybe mention that once and, and maybe have a character progression but then it's like nothing happens from that yeah. so it's like it doesn't go anywhere yeah you know and the episode ends with uh, the 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 team destroying the the lab of the mad scientist, and then 
the they drop the the bride off in like Antarctica, I guess, because she wants to be alone away from humans and monsters. Yeah, exactly. I, so okay, this show at the end, I don't recommend. No, I mean, why? How can well, you recommend you know, how about it? When... This I'd, I'd recommend. I would. I would recommend if you want to see what waste of potential looks like. Then sure. Well, I was going to say, how can you recommend a show that that you can't even get completely? Like you, you can't get all of the episodes. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll, I'll put this out there. If somebody out there who loves Monster Force somehow magically has access to all thirteen episodes and wants to send us a copy of that. We will go back and redo this this episode. We will re-record it if you have all 13 episodes and want to send it to us. No, we won't. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can't recommend this one either because, I mean, the, the, the idea is great, but they executed it super poorly and they didn't even follow through with just putting out what they had made. Maybe they yeah. knew how bad it was. Maybe. Uh, so I showed this to Eleanor and... What what happened was is first just to get her to watch it, uh, I had to tell her that we were going to watch a cartoon with monsters, and she thought that that meant that we were going to watch Avril monsters. Oh, which I've shown her a couple episodes of, and she loves loves like real hard. And and I said no, we're going to watch one with the monsters, and she goes the one with the stinky arms and the eyeball hands, and I said no, no. And she goes the candy cane one, no, the red rabbit, no, no, this is a different show. So I get her to watch this one, and she liked it. Actually, because she likes monsters, mm-hmm. but uh, but then I said, "Do you want to watch?" Uh, so we watched the first one, and then I go, "Do you want to watch uh, another monster one?" She goes, uh, "I want to watch the real monsters, <laughs> uh, our real monsters." And I said, "Well, I'm going to watch this one with or without you." And she goes, "Okay, fine." And so we watched the second one, and then she said, "Are we all done?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Can I watch our real monsters now?" So that's essentially not a rising, uh, well, rousing endorsement from a three and a half year old. I get the feeling that this show was probably directed at older kids. Yeah, I was going to say probably seven like to ten. Seven, yeah, seven to ten, seven to eleven boys. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, I, I mean, so I could go get my nephew and show him this, and he probably would. He would probably it. love it. No, he, I mean, he'd watch the first two episodes. He'd be like, "These are okay." Yeah. He'd probably want to go do whatever the kids are watching these days. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, with oh, their Pokemans and their, no. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we both probably will not recommend this. Not probably. We both won't recommend this because it's just, there's no point. There's no point because they didn't release all the episodes. Yeah. It was a good idea. If you really want to go buy the first seven episodes and then you can watch the first seven on the, on the DVD box set and then watch eight and nine on YouTube... You can watch the first nine episodes, which you'll still miss 10, 11, 12, and 13. Yeah. So if you want to essentially miss a quarter of the show, then go for it, I guess. I wouldn't recommend it. I I don't recommend it. (laughs) I guess that'll probably do it for this episode. So if you want to find us and talk to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. That is at RemasteredCast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Childhood Remastered. Please rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The rating really helps us out. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music, Nascent. You can find links to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. And until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time.